All right. Welcome to the Behind the Glass Gallery. Why are you so quiet? Nine. It's been a long day, man. We got to keep it low. <laughs> keep it low. It's been a long day. I had a long day at work. Keep it smooth. I'm sure you did too. Hopefully, somebody's you know on their way home from work and they're just vibing and the quiet storm. It's the quiet <laughs> quiet storm. But <laughs> yeah, no episode nine. We're back at it again, and we got some great people today, Kwaje. We do, uh, and I'm happy that you got the month correct. September yeah. is the ninth month of the year. Yes. So we're on a on the right track so far. So yes. far, so good. Yes, we're rolling. Um, but yeah, real excited about this this lineup, and um, you know, hearing more about their their journey and and their work and their inspiration. Right, for sure. Um, I just want to also throw out. I think it's you know, again, we've been doing this for nine months. And um, we're almost at the end of the year, and I think it's uh, it's it's fitting, and it's I think it's the right time for for me to start talking about uh, actually uh, next year plans. So, um, if you know how many months are there in a year, Quadre? <laughs> let's let's do that. You know? Was this a math test? Yeah, yeah math test. <laughs> I don't like right? word problems. So, the, from the producer's chair, I'm going to say approximately twelve. Twelve, right? Approximately. Right. Okay. So we have twelve months, and how many artists have we had each month? I'd say roughly three. Three, right? Okay. If I'm counting. So what's three times twelve? Dude, are we kidding now? <laughs> yeah. Listen, this I'm is. I'm going to say approximately <laughs> thirty-six. <laughs> Listen, former teacher. Well, mm-hmm. well yeah, lay, but <laughs> word problem. There was some math there. I'm so. going to say approximately thirty-six. Thirty-six, right? Okay, so we have thirty-six artists, right? So let's talk about you know we're in the ninth month. At the end of this year, we will have approximately thirty-six artists that would have been in the behind the glass gallery. And the plan that I have and Kwaje and I. Um, have is to um, do something special for these artists that have been, you know, that will be in this gallery. Um, so for the end of the year, we would uh, like to showcase them all and bring them all back into the gallery and um, have them all come back and bring uh, one more uh, one more piece of art for them to showcase. And Which is kind of interesting right. because, you know, if, if folks are familiar with the story of Behind the Glass, um, the origin was to do a large showcase of folks that we felt um, were amazing, you know, contributors to um, the art scene in Rochester, whether it's photography, uh, visual, whatever type of art. Right. Um, and that was the idea. It was like, hey, we, we really dig these folks on social media and in person. Um, you know, what if we brought them into a space and do a one month only showcase? For and sure. then that obviously ballooned into... Um, each month highlighting and showcasing three three artists. So it's it's fitting that the way uh, you want to end the year is to do it as if, you know, this is this is where we were, we were going uh, in the beginning. So, right. you know, to go through the, the last nine months, but then obviously 12, um, mm-hmm. right, we're doing math again. Um, <laughs> but to have these folks in the, in the space and to, to bring them back to showcase is, is just a beautiful thing. And you know, honored to be a part of the project and uh, process. Metaphorically speaking, the way I, I envision it in my head, this is um, almost like their swan song. This is the credits rolling for the year of 2023. So on uh, January 5th is when um, I'll have everybody's, you know, artwork displayed in the gallery. Uh, all 36 artists, each, you know, bringing one piece to the gallery for one more time. It'll be up for 21 days. But with this, um, this also, you know, would entail a lot of work, and this is where I would need you guys for that help. And um, this Friday, I'll be uh, 
uh, putting up a GoFundMe to help support these artists to be able to uh, fund this project. Uh, this would cover the cost for prints, labeling, mounting frames, and the cost for the reception in itself, um, and to help support the artists for that reception. So um, that'll go live sometime this week, um, and it'll be up until we get closer to the event. But if you can support it, please share it on your social medias. And yeah, so I really appreciate the support you guys have been going to these uh, receptions and you know sharing uh, the link to uh, all these receptions and supporting the artists that have been coming here every month. So I really appreciate uh, what you guys have been doing for uh, the people here that we've been showcasing every month in the gallery. So Yeah, and even, um, you know, you think of the new, I guess, fan yep. base or appreciation of these artists, right? So I think every single month someone walks into the gallery and is like, I didn't know who this person was. Now I do. Now I'm a follower and, you know, a fan. I want to, you know, support them. I want to follow them. I want to you know, purchase their prints. I just want to hang out with them. I want to go to a, a, for a photo walk, whatever the case may be. So it's really cool to kind of see um, that community continue that network um, and really, you know, feed it into that ecosystem of, you know, creatives just doing amazing things here in Rochester. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is your opportunity to support something directly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the work that these guys are doing, it's a really special space in Rochester and, you know, when you have the opportunity to support things directly that you believe in, this is where you can make an actual difference for, you know, the artists that are coming here that are pulling out of their pockets, you know, being able to start to support them through this, mm -hmm. through this initiative. And then, you know, through subscribing to the podcast, eventually that'll help support what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that as well. This, mm -hmm. this is all about building community right. and these guys are doing the work. So yeah. now's the time. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the artists that come here every month, they're putting their own money and effort into the prints and into the mounting and frames that they put onto the walls in the gallery. Uh, so nobody is giving them money or funds to do that. In the future, that's something that I would want to be able to provide for them, but unfortunately I cannot. This is not something I'm being paid to do as a curator. Um, so um, Yeah, folks have the opportunity to, to right. sell their work and... We don't take any right. commission for that. It's, right. you know, this is all about right. community and, and building. So I, I'm not getting paid for this. Quadra's not getting paid to be curated. Nobody's getting any money to be curating the behind the glass gallery. And these artists are coming here. I'm giving them the platform and they're utilize they're utilizing their own money and hard work and effort to showcase their craft and their artwork um, on these walls. And um, so if you can support them, uh, just one last time for this event. Um, it would be greatly appreciated for them and um, for us to be able to, um, again, support them one last time. Dude, I feel like we just turned into, like, public uh, radio. Yeah, and, for real. Uh, You're if also you call talking. in right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you my T-shirt. Right, right. <laughs> you, you, you get a, And a keychain. Right, you, you get a signed <laughs> pair of used Crocs right from Quadje. If you $1 a month. If how many, you call How many now. followers we have on, 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 on our Instagram? What is it, like... A yeah. thousand, one dollar a per yeah, exactly. <laughs> a follower, just a one dollar. Yeah, it's so right. great. I appreciate you guys. So when we come back, we'll uh, we'll be right back with our our, our uh, September artists. Commercial break. Yes. I'm Matt Knotts, and I'm Chris Lindstrom, and we are the co-founders of the Lunchador Podcast Network, your home for amazing and wide-ranging podcasts in Rochester. With shows like Anomaly Presents, Behind the Glass, the Level Up Coffee Podcast. 
punches and popcorn, just can't not, and of course, food about town, we celebrate the people, places, and things that make Rochester a fantastic place to live. We have more shows joining the network soon and offer remote and in-person recordings and video too. We're excited to bring distinct and diverse voices together on one network. Follow Lunchador on social media to catch new episodes as soon as they release and stay tuned for exciting news about new shows and how to support them. Lunchador, celebrating Rochester's creativity through the magic of podcasting. All right, we are back with our episode nine and we're going to start with our first artist for September. Right now we have Donald Martell. Donald, how you doing, brother? Hello, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Awesome. So um, I was really excited to get you here because I know that you love photography and I mm-hmm. love your work and been following you for a while. And um, yeah, so um, what what do you bring into the gallery? Uh, the So I'll start off saying I work at Kodak. So we manufacture film, right? There of one of the things we do. So all my shots except for one are on film. Perfect. I don't quite remember the stock. Um, some are probably gold. Portra, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, so I've really started out as a, doing more landscape because um, I did a lot of hiking. I grew up in the southern tier, so there's a lot of nature. So that's just what I first started out doing. So eventually, I think my style just kind of became, um, I don't know, a lot of the people I was who I was following, I was trying to emulate um Sam Elkins uh, is a big time like landscape photographer. He has portraits too. I'm nowhere near as good at portraits as most people. I've done s- some and I had some killer ones and I've worked with some really excellent models. But um, I always gravitated towards landscape just because it felt easier for me. Um, I could see the picture, the frame in my head. I knew what I was going for. Um, and then I also did a lot of hiking. So I was, you know, in the Adirondacks, the Catskills a lot. Or just around at, um, I think one of my photos, actually one of my photos that I uh, actually eliminated, it was like the second to last photo that I eliminated as one I wasn't going to do at the gallery was over at the Chimney Bluffs. Okay. Um, but the vibe I'm going for is like minimalist landscape. So it's they're very, um, I just kind of want to do something where you could look at it and be kind of soothed, soothed, but from a natural perspective perspective um you know there's generally one subject if there is a subject it's pretty clear it's usually center focused whether it's um directly in the center or the center bottom um and that's just kind of the vibe i was going for was nature minimalist um landscapes really so that's That's awesome that's That's funny because i I met him for the first time when you were doing your uh glass plate i think yeah. Portrait in the yeah, driveway that's of Nick right. Brandeth. Yeah. Which From was last pretty month. funny, yeah. Uh, which was oh, our current artist over in um in our August uh, gallery right now, Nick Brandeth. Uh he was doing a shot with him. But you also were posing I think it was the same one, the baseball one, right? Yeah, that was that was the one I brought over this old uh Jersey from this old uh, women's baseball team from the like 1910s or 20s something that came like out, that. That came out awesome. Yeah, he he did amazing. I all I did was just bring the bat that I always have in my car, um, <laughs> and then a jersey, and that's it. And I think I had my PF flyers on too, which is just a staple hey, of awesome. you know baseball in America. Sandlot right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your um, like you, I know you kind of touched a little bit on on the uh, working at Kodak, but w- yeah. Like, 
when did you first pick up a camera and like, you know, what was the inspiration behind? Like, I, I want to take photos. I want to, you know, do that. So I, th- I don't know if it runs in the family or not, but my mom was always into photography and I kind of got an eye from that. Like whenever she needed a picture taken, um, I would generally be the one who's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll take the photo. Even though I was like, you know, 10, 11 years old. So eventually I started interning at Kodak and I finally had some money for myself. So I bought a Nikon D3300 digital camera um, and I just started taking photos. They weren't great. I didn't have Lightroom yet. I didn't have a great editing software, but I just started taking photos. I started learning how to create a composition, uh, what to look for, how to frame something, how to manually shoot, you know, what shutter speed is, aperture, what your ISO is, all those sort of things. And then like a year later, I bought a Canon AE-1 35 millimeter film camera, which is just like, you know, typing in what good film cameras can I (laughs) use to start? And it's like, you know, you buy one for like with a lens for like 200 bucks. Right. And it's just simple to use. You get a little battery and then boom, you're done, which I actually just shot my first roll with my AE-1 in like four years. Um, I think at the air show earlier this month okay. and they came out, they probably came out real nice. mostly great. Okay. I did some in 2019, I think with uh Pentax K1000 that came out a lot better, but I think that was just me because I was a little bit rusty cause I didn't do a right. ton of photography um, because I actually didn't have film cameras because I accidentally left mine in a bag and left that bag on a train in London, England oh, back wow. at uh, the end of April. I got it back. How'd you get it back? So I'll, I'll start. I was on a train. It was really packed and I was trying to lean back just against like the seat. But I was like, I had my backpack was mostly full. So I leaned forward a little bit. And I, I, I got to take this off and I put it in the overhead bin. And then like, I'm in an overseas for the first time. I'm in a new country. I need to like, know how to exit this train, go through the train station, need to make sure I have my ticket and I need to find my hotel. I got all these things running through my brain. And so I walk out the gate um, and like two minutes later, uh, I realize my girlfriend's like, Donnie, where's your bag? I'm like, oh my God. So I go back and the train was literally pulling out as I was, as security let me back in because I was talking to them. They're like, okay, yeah, the, the cleaners might still be on there. They were on there, but the train was leaving going to Brighton. On the south coast. So, like, I put a ticket in or whatever. They're like, yeah, you can expect it to come back in, like, two to four weeks. Six weeks later, still nothing. So, I'm, like, literally at 7 a.m., I order order a new pair of headphones because I had headphones in there. I order, um, I forget, or a new, or I already had another phone charger at that time. And at like 1140, they send me an email, your bag's been found. Wow. So then it was a whole, and then I couldn't get a hold of them. They gave me a bum phone number to call. So I had to search for like days trying to get the right phone number. I talked to my friend who's English. He's like, how do I type in this this phone number? And I finally got it. Um, called them and like a week later, they sent out my bag. It cost like 104 pounds, which is like $122 or something like that. But I got everything back and I like wow. used that back and today. I would never, <laughs> now you wow. just triple check now. <laughs> the worst part everything. was that Dune, the book was in there and I was planning on finishing it then. 
Now you now you just hate Doom. So, so no, I I finished it once I got my book back, and I'm on to Doom Messiah now. But okay, like, there you go. Like see still. now every, every time he sees Timothy Chalamet, it just gets <laughs> just, like, just starts to like you know twitch in what his chair. <laughs> oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness! But um, probably got sidetracked. But ultimately, yeah, it's just got into uh, photography, um, kind of through my mom. Got I did was had enough money to buy a camera, and just completely self taught. Um, you know, reading articles, YouTube videos, just YouTube figuring, university. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's basically how I got into it. And then I moved to Rochester from the Southern tier in August of 2017. Um, met some people within like a couple of months already felt like, uh, Matt Stoffel, mm-hmm. um, uh, another Kodak guy. I met him like a month later. Or no, he's I think like I'd... the Santa Claus of like film. Like he shows oh, yeah. up and he like <laughs> oh, yeah. makes it rain. It's yeah. like portrait yeah. hundred, please. Yeah, he just oh, makes film sure. just yeah. rain. Right. So, um, yeah, I just started meeting people. Got into the community. Did a lot of uh, landscapes on my own, urban scapes with a few friends. Did some uh, rooftoping and some other things. Urban exploring with some of my other friends. Uh, shot some portraits with some people learn that modeling isn't just standing in front of the camera. It's actually like pretty difficult to do it to like be a model and know what you're doing and to like pose well enough and have your face expressed to the point where you're like creating a good photo. Like it's, I have so much respect for people who model and do it well. It's so difficult. Um, before you lost that, and I was kind of thinking about this as you were mm-hmm. talking about that bag, had you shot anything um, on the camera? Did you have a role in the camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had. Um, I had, was. I can't remember. I don't think it was a fresh roll. I think I might have it in my phone, but it was. Um, yeah, I had just. I think I had a couple shots. Maybe not. Um, trying to look back. Uh, no, I don't think I did. It must've been a completely new role. Oh, I also, Steve Carter, if yeah. people know Steve Carter. Never heard of him. <laughs> Sinistil guy Steve used who? to work for, <laughs> used to work for, um, uh, Kodak. <laughs> he gave me some of that new, the new Sinistil, Sinistil, um, film that came out that 800, is it? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. 400. Yeah. Yeah. 400. What? 400 T. The, the, the purple one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff, the latest stuff, stuff that came out, and he gave it to me because they get it from Kodak and in film sensitizing where I work, it's like we actually sensitize that product that we then sell to Cinestill. So it's like, well, you're the one who helped make this whole thing happen, right? So like, you can have some. Like he gave it to me like a few days before it was Sweet. released or something like that, and then I lost it for seventy eight days. <laughs> 78 whole days. I was yeah. like down to a, an exact number there. Yeah, I, w- I was like, damn, this is a while. I didn't think I'd get it back. So I just like counted the weeks, got to 11 weeks plus a day. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. You had talked about, and I was, I'm kind of like looking through um, the, the gram, and you had talked about the, like, I saw a couple of the rooftop kind of mm-hmm. um, photos, and I was like, are these legit? Is this AI? Like what's going on here? Like this is wild. Like I hate heights. And so like I'm looking at them and I'm like getting a little like queasy. Like that's vertigo, man. Yeah. There was one of my friend, Dan, 
um, uh, and another friend of mine, uh, well, Dan is allegedly his name. I just want to be clear about that. Uh, uh, of course, (laughs) one of my favorite photos I ever took, we were at an abandoned place. Some people who really know, uh, urban exploring it's in the city of Rochester would know it. Um, but he was just like balancing on top of a a roof that, you know, just came up to like a, you know, angle and, uh, it was just the way I took it vertically, I think at like 18 or 20 millimeters, something like that. The way I took it and, and then edited it, it was just like one of my favorite photos. But I just like, you know, I don't want to display something at this gallery necessarily that is, mm-hmm. I was technically trespassing in. Um, but yeah, no, I love urban exploring, rooftopping. I don't do it much anymore because well, a lot of the roofs are locked now because... Mm-hmm there's a lot of people who try to emulate us or some of the mistakes that we made. And then, you know, security gets called or something happens and there's locks on the doors, which is, I mean, we, me and the really three, four friends that I did a lot with in like 2017, 18, 19, we, our motto, and this is the motto for like good urbexers is you take nothing but photos, leave nothing but footprints. Shouldn't Mm -hmm. touch anything, shouldn't break anything, but there are people who want to come in and do the most, right. They got, you know, They'll be leaving beer cans and stuff. They'll smash bottles. They'll, you know, just be vandalizing stuff. And it's like you're already doing something that's, like, a little bit sketchy. You're just going to blow this up for everybody else. And a lot of the roofs were. And it sucks because it was so beautiful to sometimes go up on a roof, especially at night. Like, maybe if I was, like, like back in, like, 2019 or so, I was in a kind of a depressive episode for a while. Sometimes just going up onto a roof at night, a nice summer night, and just chilling up there minding your own business, watching the city, you know, come to life from a different angle, which is very strangely therapeutic. Right. It was something about changing your perspectives on seeing yourself, you know, yeah. in the context of a place and being able to take that step back and looking at the place that you live from another angle can really change the way you're seeing your own situation right now. And that's, that's kind of a lot of, what we've seen from a lot of artists in the gallery is seeing their version of where they're at and their journey through this. And a lot of people working through that stuff. And it's been, it's been really fascinating. I think for all of us having worked through stuff and working through stuff to see people's journey through that, it's been very rewarding. Same thing with like uh, when I'm hiking and stuff too. Um, And some of these photos are from when I was hiking like just being up on top of a mountain and just especially by myself early in the morning, starting, you know, right when it's basically the morning twilight, getting up there and not seeing anybody and just being on top of a mountain, um, knowing that you accomplish something, seeing just a beautiful scene by yourself is something that was always, I could just sit up there, breathe deeply and truly like be at a peace that is, you know, something, um, I don't know. I just, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's just something I've always wanted to attain and, and still will, um, you know, just finding that solace in sort of a solitude is, um, really something that I strive for a lot. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say that cause you had, you know, when you opened, you opened with the, the idea of landscape and then yeah. obviously we, we looped a little bit and came into some of those city scenes, but it's almost that same vibe for me as I yeah. look through, um, your your work it's you know you're as a as an observer of the image like I feel like I'm there like I feel like I'm in that moment in that cool. place 
and I'm filling it, you know, whether it's the a rooftop or, you know, uh, you know, at the top of a, a peak after a, a hike. Like I, I got that yeah. vibe. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, good. I guess that's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right. So going to Aaron or Paul? Let's see. Uh, it looks like they're doing a rock, paper, scissors <laughs> to figure it out. Let's go. No, I'll go. I'll go. All right. Good. Our next uh, artist, uh, Paul Benetti. How are you doing, Paul? Doing well. Thanks awesome. for having me. No doubt, man. So Paul uh, takes great, great portrait uh, photography and a lot of different things. So, Paul, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, I have been taking photos for a while. Always... Um, just love the little Canon point and shoots or whatever I could get my hands on. A lot of candid stuff too, yeah. Right, candid. I was always, uh, I got a 20D, I think, when I was, I don't know, maybe like 20 years old or so. And I would always take photos at parties or get-togethers just out and about. Um, and it was, it's great. It's like just realizing the the quality and there's just something about it when you get that like big camera and right i mean cell phones weren't what they are now then for sure but even even now there's um you know a big lens versus a small lens for it's sure nice um but yeah recently got into um street photography right that's been fun it's been real um, fun i'm sure it's yeah it's different it's you know moving on from just kind of people that I know just going out and about um, whether it's people passing by or people that I'm talking to and just do a kind of impromptu right portrait session I love that stuff yeah I think uh, it's funny because I knew you from before um, I think I knew you from wh- where did we meet before uh, Jazz Fest where was it at I think it was um Lucky Flea. Lucky Flea, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I would go. Rudy, my inspiration. Right. He's, Shout he's, out Rudy. Oh Shout out gosh. Rudy, right. He's the, his confidence in just walking up to somebody and saying, Hey, can I take your can I take your portrait? Right. And there you know, he's got such a, you know, kind of friendly presence and right. way about him. People love having him take their photos. Right. And it's funny because you actually in a way um, had that same presence when I was with you with you know at the time my my girlfriend at that time um at the jazz fest and oh we yeah walked over there and you were just like hey let's yeah. take a portrait and yeah you, know, like, you just well because ca- came up to me right away and was just like bam bam and I was like wow and then you were just doing that and just going at it I saw you like moving through the crowd so fast taking all these different pictures of different people and then you were just the the different types of galleries different types of uh, posts that you were posting, you were just capturing life, joy. Yeah. And that's what was really just, you know, really just a vibe that just a lot of people just needed to see. Thanks, man. Yeah, we, I loved it. Yeah, I I, uh, I love kind of chronicling and just capturing moments for myself and then to share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I can catch something that wouldn't have been seen otherwise, right. you know, just like a moment, somebody just, you know, that little thing that, that catches your eye or like when you do something 
like slip in a certain way and you're like did anybody see that (laughs) um (laughs) and you catch you know my eye contact with one person oh damn he's yeah and yeah Yeah, but you got that little bond like i i love that sort of thing and it's that's kind of like i don't know lightning in a bottle sometimes but so where did you get your start with photography um oh like donald my dad actually um he is an architect okay but he did photography like he, he would shoot weddings and um just there were always cameras around so i used his canon 10d okay. for a while um and yeah so he was it was definitely a um just a kind of like very photography friendly environment and he would encourage me with whatever and took a class in high school did a little in college but then yeah i got that 20d and just it just kind of took off got a film camera and actually started to learn what aperture was i mean it's amazing i shot digital for years and didn't I'm like, what are what are these F numbers? Right. I don't know. It's almost <laughs> like you know, shooting in JPEG, and you're like, yeah, 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 and then you're like, wait, I can shoot in RAW and actually like edit this in a whole different way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a um, that's a line that I'm still kind of jumping back and yeah, forth yeah. on because I like I'll shoot in RAW some, and then yeah. I'm like. I have about a thousand files that are about 30 megabytes each. And yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, so yeah, yeah. what's funny is I like, I kind of straddle that line too. So, um, when I'm out, you know, on assignment or doing something like they're all raw cause that, that just, you know, is a little more flexible mm-hmm. but right. when I'm shooting for myself and I not thinking of it going any further than, you know, you know, my computer or just to share with a couple of friends, I shoot all in, in JPEG and it's just a thing. And, you know, I, there's, I don't know if there's why it's just, you know, I set up a camera to just only shoot JPEG because it just made it a lot easier. Um, Yeah. yeah. Honestly, for me, sometimes I also struggle with the, like, what's the F number? What's this going on? What's happening? Well, yeah. The the thing that helped, (laughs) For the f-stop was getting the um, it was a Minolta SRT two hundred one, and manual lens, manual aperture, manual focus, everything, and just like it was you know just trial by fire, and you get these photos back, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> you're like what? <laughs> totally missed the focus there, right. you know, because um, and and I also used to think that just you know people would love all this like fast glass like oh there's a 1.2 and i would i would just be like oh so you just you you you're going to shoot it at 1.2 right cuz you right. cuz you can <laughs> but um <laughs> then i realized you know you can close down the aperture get a sharper image right use the 1.2 if you need it but paul um, there's a lot of um life in your photos like a lot of like just you know people are like expressing something not just they're not only smiling there there's a like a lot of things happening um like one what is that you know how do you get them to that place uh but then also like what is it you know what motivates you to to capture those moments yeah i i love the idea of um <laughs> kind of a daydream almost of saying something um that would give somebody a uh, really 
uh, saying something relatively unsavory maybe to somebody that I had just met and taking like casual photos and <laughs> getting the the reaction of that and then just being like, I am just joking. Just, but just I don't, joking. I don't have the courage for that right, or, right. you know what I mean? But, yeah, um, right, right. I love, I love that idea. It's kind of the opposite of like, you know, online you see this person's face before you tell them they're beautiful. And then after, yeah, you know? there you go. Yeah. But, and you know, I love the idea of saying something like, Oh man, these shots are so great. Almost makes me, Wish I had a roll of film in here, <laughs> 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 and then getting a shot there, you know. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm always drawn to photos that aren't just a smile, you know. Something more, something behind the eyes of the subject. And mm-hmm. um, whenever I see that in my shots, um, I I go towards that. So. Yeah, like I feel like I'm there. Right. And like I, I personally live in candid moments. I prefer candid moments. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I get weird when someone's staring at me mm-hmm. when I have the camera in front of them because it just doesn't feel natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like even with folks looking at you, it's, it's very candid. It's right. a very like chill moment of like you didn't stop hitting the shutter oh, yeah. while they were talking. And so you get more of a, a natural feel from it. Yeah. It's definitely a people uh, when they say, Oh, what do you want me to do? Just, just do your thing. Just keep doing your thing. Right. You know, just be you. You're fine. I'll get, you know, cause I like to, you know, I like to get permission first. You, in, unless it's like, you know, I'm out in public on the street, whatever. And the moment's going to be like totally ruined. If I say something, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission but um yeah i like to i like to check people and then and then usually they'll want a copy of the yeah there was a there was an experience i had up in um in buffalo and i was like kind of hanging out taking some photos and this family was like helping paint a part of a mural like the fam- like the daughter was doing something and the son is up on the dad's shoulders and mom is helping. And I was like, man, that's a really cool moment for them, but they're living in it. So it's like hard for them to want to take a photo. So I like snapped four or five yeah. photos and walked exactly. up and said, Hey, I don't want to be like the weird right. dude that was just taking photos right. and showed him my camera. I was like, Hey, I took a couple of photos. Like I can delete these right now. Exactly. Or um, I could send you some too. Right. But I'm going to probably share them if that's cool with you. Right. And they were like, cool. Like we wouldn't have seen ourselves doing this thing yeah. in this moment. It's, it's, yep. I mean, people, it's the same. Actually, when I got the photo of you at the Jazz Fest. Right. I mean, because I, I know what it's like to be behind the camera and you go do a, ex, an exciting thing. You get like, 500 pictures of like a weekend or a big day and you're like oh i have zero photos of myself listen i hate and i hate i (laughs) hate pictures of myself i really do (laughs) yeah i hate it and that one picture i love it it's one of my most favorite pictures oh thanks right you know i don't like smiling and it was a great picture yeah when i saw the photo i was like Richard? Yeah. <laughs> I know this I, guy. We hang out. Listen, it's one of my wow. favorite pictures. He never smiles like that when he's with me. Yeah. <laughs> I've <laughs> never seen it. I no. was in good company that day. So, I mean, no, I legit, it's one of my favorite pictures. So, definitely. Um, and, and I think it's almost like uh, one of our past artists, Rob Bell, who literally just goes out there mm-hmm. during events. 
during parades, during festivals. Yeah, it catches the vibe. Catches the vibe, you know, and, and that's something that you do well. And you mentioned Rudy, who's, you know, one of the one of our first artists in the space, um, yeah. alumni. Um, and, you know, he's one of the, I think it was last year, I trusted, like I, you know, I was in a moment, like you just mentioned, you were like, hey, you're in this moment, you can't, you know, you can't take pictures or something else is happening. And I called Rudy and I was like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Can you come and take the photos? And he was like, okay, cool. And you know, just Rudy is, is, a. and he'll, if you go back to that podcast and listen to it, like it was a bit of a struggle in the beginning. He was like, I've got a camera and like, people are like, who's this dude point. But now it's like, you see Rudy yep. and people are like, please take my photo exactly. and send it to me, which yeah. is a, a kind of a, a wild ride for him. So for sure. Uh, one other thing I want to chime in with, in with is the most difficult photo for me to find was a photo of myself because I only had like four or five of them. So uh, <laughs> I found one that I didn't think was good. I had to edit it a lot, which actually I was pleasantly surprised with how well I edited it compared to uh, what the raw image from the film was. But I just gave my camera to my girlfriend back earlier in the summer or maybe it was last fall or something. I just said, here, take a photo of me for once on this roll. And I got it. And then like, I, you know, processed it with a few other ones. And I, then I said, ask oh, her, this is good enough. But still, that was a very difficult thing. for me. To it's find. very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I went through that with mine. Um, but luckily I had one from um, Josh at Scott's. And I, I feel like I'm just like going through all the shout out to Josh <laughs> future behind the glass artist, Right. For sure. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then I'm lucky enough to be doing explore rock this week. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to come up Carter, with another yeah. photo yeah. of myself. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it was great though, because I was out and about, I was getting a, getting a photo for the, um, my first post of the, of taste of Supreme that restaurant in the um, North Winton village and came outside after getting those shots. And there was a woman walking her dog or dogs. And um, we just like started chatting and I took some photos of her dogs and I'm like, Hey, can I get one of you, all of you guys? And I got a couple, you know, kind of portraits of her. And then we were talking about the whole thing, all of this, all the explore rock and ended up basically, she's like, I could take a photo of you. Because, you know, she's, like, looking to get into film photography. Awesome. And that's the photo I use for Explore Rock. I mean, it's just just the other day, and it's it's great. Just somebody I just met, and I handed her my camera, and there you go. Love it. Yeah, that that place needs uh, needs all all the love. (laughs) I mean, they do some really good work over there on, uh, you know, Winton and Maine, and -hmm. they're doing some really interesting stuff. You know, if you're a gluten-free person, they're right. they're killing they're it every day and working 100% really hard. percent gluten-free yeah. or something. Really trying to do the work for their community yeah. and uh, some really interesting uh, East African food. Right. Yeah. And then there's some delightful baked goods. And they're still sure. pushing their stuff out at the public market, too. Every weekend. Right. every weekend. The, I mean, right. like we're talking about people that are hustling and doing the work, and mm-hmm. you know, sure. he's, he's out there doing that he hard does. work all what? the time. And, I mean, I love their I love their baked goods. I, I, it's just food. It feels like it all feels like comfort food. Yeah. And you feel totally fine afterwards. You know, you don't feel like, Oh, what did I just eat? You know, <laughs> like it, it, you know, and the, the savory stuff is like this great blend of like, you know, cabbage and lentils and, and mm. broccoli. Oh, it's, oh, it's just good stuff. Anyway, I'm making yeah. me hungry. 
Yeah, shout it out. <laughs> that's, stuff that, that's stuff on your podcast. That's stuff at Chris. Right, that's, right, that, I always want to leave. I like. I need to go get something to eat because right, Chris right, right. just like drops Listen, a couple of food. That's, 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 that's food that's about town material. Listen, right, I was going to say, we full circle. Food Cross about town. Collab, I love it. Same network. You yes, know? sir. We talk about it. Uh, but we're going to jump right to our last September artist. Aaron, what's up? Hi. How you doing, Aaron? So I'm doing good. Awesome. So we got you on the uh, the podcast, and we finally got you in the gla- uh, in the gallery. So tell us about yourself. Um, my name's Aaron um, Rochester, born and raised. I grew up over in Henrietta. Um, I went to University of Albany for sociology. Um, go Great Danes and <laughs> Great. My wife is an alum. Nice. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I lived in Albany for a while, and I just moved back to Rochester um, like a year ago. Really? Uh, yeah. So wait a minute. I'm so back you've home. Been, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you've been making a footprint in the film and photography scene here in Rochester for only a year? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> I see Richard over She's, there just being like, wait. Did it's all that in a year. So here, so here's the here, this is why because she's been making so many Man. rounds in terms of like being shared. People have been like, like just like her work through social media has been crazy, always shared, and it's been making like a big impact in terms of what she could do. And but if you but if you look back, I mean, because I'm just going. Through I've, been stalking, right Insta- yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been stalking. I've been stalking Instagrams <laughs> for a stalker. In a, I mean, <laughs> for a while, for all right, right, right. right. Um, but Aaron has like you go back and look at Albany, and I was like, I'm like looking, I was like, why is all these Albany tags? But now that yeah. makes sense, so appreciate yeah, there that. You go. Um, but this is like 2018, just yeah, all bangers. that stuff from 2018 is all um, digital. I started yeah. digital. I got my first digital camera off of Craigslist. Um, it was a Canon T3i. I still have oh, it. It just collects dust. That's a nice one. Yeah, I started with the DSLR. Um, I went out to Albany and I found this organization at UAlbany called University Photo Service. Okay. And it's basically just a photo club um, that had an open studio every week. It had um, backdrops, cameras, equipments, tripods, anything you could name that you would need for photography. And it was just... um, Honestly, heaven for so it's just a creative mixer. You just come in and just share shit and just yeah, absolutely. Wow. And it was just a place for people to learn um, and finding that as a beginner photographer and being around all these other people who are just starting out in photography, it was so much easier to learn knowing that you had a community of people around you who are also always learning and are able to teach and aren't like gatekeeping it or. They're just happy to have you taking photos as well. So I think that, that definitely helped. When did a you lot. start? When did here. you first pick up? Um, I want to say like 2017. I started with digital. Um, I did have a film camera that was gifted to me, and I have since gifted it back. It was like full circle. Um, but I kind of started shooting just what I call it like B roll. Like I'll just carry the film camera with me wherever I go and just kind of take pictures and. Um, but once I got into University Photo Service, they had a dark room in there um, that was being threatened to, they were trying to kick us out of our studio and take away our dark room and everything. So we created this whole campaign to save it um, and basically say that film is not dead and people are still learning right. how to develop film. Um, and we saved it, but that just made me absolutely enthralled and infatuated with film. And I just started only shooting film. It was only thing I spent my money on, only thing I spent my time doing outside of school. Um, I just absolutely fell in love with it, the whole process of it. So, What's your stock of choice? 
Um, Portra 400 or Cinestill 400D. Um, I've been really liking um, Kodak Gold 200 recently, yeah. though. Yeah. I can't pick a favorite. I love them all. I was going to say, like, yeah. when I ask people what, like, what their stock is, they're like, um, you want me to pick a favorite finger yeah. like, or pick a, right. like a favorite limb like, like what do you mean like right. what, like i can't guy. I, I i did gold um yeah. i'm a black and white person so i love like you know triax 400 tx yeah, yeah. yeah tx sorry yeah, that's good um but i yeah i like the joke that some of my digital stuff like is um the try but it's definitely not but we keep it on the low. Just add a little grain in Photoshop. Yeah, it's like, hey, hit that grain in Lightroom. Shh, quiet. Have you done a uh, Ektachrome at all? I don't think I have. That's good no, too. I shot a a few rolls of that. Um, my cousin's wedding back in the day, back when it was like first coming back. Um, but yeah, I couldn't pick a favorite either, and I see them be ma- manufactured all the time. Like today, we manufactured we. Uh, did some ectochrome just today and we're going to do it next week too so it's like we're just continuously making this that's stuff. awesome oh. that's awesome. so much fun so slide film so donnie said he's going to bring some film for us we have to pressure matt because unfortunately i don't have access to it anymore. yeah he's got a please he, matt well, yeah matt if you're listening shout out matt come to the gallery do another drop i think matt is in an upcoming month matt, i think come to we're our trying show. to get him in nice yeah, um <laughs> Similar to everyone in the room, and that's that's what I really love about this gallery is like there's always a vibe, and so like I look at your your photos, and it's like people are like enjoying life in some way, and they're um, they're themselves, right? Like I feel like every person in here that I'm looking at like is just genuinely themselves, and I know uh, uh, Donnie mentioned earlier he was like you know it's hard sometimes to get a model to do things. And it doesn't feel like, I, I would imagine that these folks are modeling, but it doesn't feel like they're modeling. It just feels like you guys are at, you know, Carousel, you're at, you know, hanging out, you know, near, you know, one of the, you know, cool places to, to catch graffiti or whatever in the city. And people are just chilling, like they're having a good time. Like, what's your, what's your process? Um, I think it's important to kind of lay out the concept beforehand. Um, so if I have an idea for something, I'll reach out to someone who I think would be fit for it. And I'll every time I'll make a Pinterest like mood board just so I can kind of give them like some visual inspiration of what I'm going for and kind of make sure that we're on the same page and make sure that they're comfortable with it. Um, a lot of the times it can be really intimidating shooting with someone one-on-one, um, but I think it's also important to recognize that um, you can also be intimidating to them because you're holding the camera, and That's that can good. also be a power dynamic in a way. So I just want to do everything that I can to make people that I'm shooting with feel comfortable. Um, and I know in some recent photo shoots, I've had people like swim and climb through mud and like climb on things, and people are down to do that, but not everyone is. So I think it's important to kind of establish um, boundaries of comfortability before the photo shoot. So I'm not putting them on the spot and asking them to do something that they would feel uncomfortable doing because I would never want to photograph someone doing something that they didn't want to do or um, are uncomfortable with just because I want a photo of it. So I think um, that authenticity comes from just kind of like laying it all out beforehand, giving them an idea of what's going to happen and where we're going to meet. Um, and a lot of the times I'm meeting these people for the very first time off of Instagram and they have no idea what I look like. So it can be really intimidating and scary. So I try yeah, that to... that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron sent um, their picture, and, but it was like a couple of portraits. And I was like, 
like, how do I say this? Like, do I say, like, I don't know what you look like? <laughs> <laughs> and so finally I was like, listen, um, be honest here, like, which one? And I had, an, I had, like, an idea who they were based on the file names. Like, that's what kind of gave it away to me a little bit. And I was like, I just need to know. And it was like this, like cool, like mysterious, like yeah, that's me. Last photo, <laughs> that's um, me last. which I think is kind of a, a cool vibe to <laughs> capture folks the way you're capturing them. Um, and you know, sometimes you know, a photographer could be like, you know, you know them just as well as you know their their work. And I feel like your work leads, and then you get to know you, which I think is like kind of a cool, um, a cool vibe. But yeah, you're the the way you capture people. Um, it was just a, is a very beautiful thing, but also yeah. capturing like these really cool, like scenes like that, that carousel photo, like I can go back to it a hundred times and I don't like carousels. Like, I don't really? like, there's just like weird, like we're just spinning around. Like, like, what are we horses? doing? And why yeah, is it going up and doing? down? Like, this is a weird ride, you know? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I like that that's the thing you grab onto is that it's, what, what, what's, what's, what, what's with the what spinning? What is the end goal here? What, what what's with doing? these animals? It's like, what's with the It was the really hard to shoot on it. I didn't think it would be so hard. Me and um, Shama, they also make really great music. They go by Shama the Human. Um, we rode that carousel three or four times in a row, um, and we just told the guy, just, like, keep running Where it. Was we it? got was a punch it card. Ridge? It's at Eastview Mall. Okay, Eastview. Okay. Um, oh but, yeah, it was gosh. really hard. I mean, you were hard. probably the only people on it, right? Yeah, there was a couple kids that hopped yeah. on there at one point. Right. They're like, Daddy, why are they crawling around on the floor <laughs> with the camera? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's like a Seinfeld bit. You know, you got the carousel. <laughs> and it goes, you know, you know, you don't go anywhere. <laughs> really, you don't. Good like, Good there are rides that I don't like because of heights, but then there are rides that's like, I don't, what's the reason for this? Why are we going oh, around so in you circles? you in the top carousel? The top, <laughs> no. The top portion of the carousel? No. The I'm the guy part. who holds the stuff when people get on rides, but especially, oh, you don't want me to hold that for you on a carousel? Like, I'm going to go and get something to eat. Like, I'll see you when... Wow this seven minute ride is over or whatever it is. It's giant pretzel time. It's yeah. churro time. Oh, Something yeah. giant pretzel time. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's really interesting, you know, hearing, you know, going through that process of taking something that like, for example, in Eastview mall, right. People take that for, for granted, right. Nobody oh, looks absolutely. at that. Nobody looks at that anymore. It's, and that's, it's one of those little things where when you take a step back and look at it, like, Oh, right. Somebody made all of these. Somebody made all of these things. You can't mass produce those because there's not enough demand. I mean, somebody took the time to make that, all of those lights, all that work, whether you think it's grotesque, whether you think it's something else, but looking at it is something specific and taking the time to really focus on something that everybody's ignoring. Everybody's ignoring mm -hmm. that amazing piece of hardware sitting in the middle of one of the most trafficked places in our entire region, something nobody looks at. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like you think about that connection of, you know, using the carousel that I don't like as a metaphor. Um, <laughs> but you think of film, right? Like you think of this thing that, right. you know, you talked about the dark room, you talk about, you know, continuously producing uh, Kodak film now and also Cinestill, but like people are like, eh, it's, why, why would I want to do that? Like I can just pick up a camera that's digital or my phone and take this photo. But there's something about film that for me personally, and I, and I would imagine that everyone in, in the room would agree 
that slows you down for a second, right? Because you don't have this infinite amount of space on a memory card or on your phone. It's like, I've got this many frames. I know how much this roll costs me. I know how important this moment is. And sometimes you live in a moment and just hang in it. And sometimes you're like, you know what? This moment is so special that I, I'm thinking about capturing it or not capturing it because maybe, you know, you're off a stop, like something may be wrong technically, but it's this moment for you to just express yourself, which I think is really cool and kind of, you know, weaves in and out of all of your, your images. Um, but again, you know, the carousel is this thing that people like just walk by, people walk by and like, why are you still buying film? Like, why is that a thing? And, you know, film is, is special. It is and special. Yeah, it's very special. I, you know, you, you talked about like that B-roll, you know, I did a project a couple of years ago where it was, you know, for something, I'm taking all this digital film and at the end of every um, uh, session I had, I was like, hey, I've got my, my point and shoot in my pocket uh, film. I'm going to grab this shot. Like it was, I think it was a um, roll of Kodak Gold in there. And boom. And that was a photo that I liked every single time. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, yeah, yeah to this whole, sh- this whole shoot, I've got 20 pictures of you. And that one single shot was the one that was better than them all because I knew I had to slow down for a second to make sure that it was right as opposed to like ding, 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 bring it into, you know, Lightroom and then kind of figure it out. So Yeah, I felt the same way, especially um, start, first starting shooting film. The film to me always, always looked better no matter how I edited my photos. That's why I stopped shooting digital. I hate editing. I'm not a good editor. I'll edit my film scans from here and there. <laughs> I've been a purist for a while. I'm just now seeing the light of editing your film scans. Um but yeah, even when I would try to edit the digital photo to make it look like film, the film just beat it for me yeah, every single time. Yeah, something you're about probably never like that, satisfied. You're like, wait yeah, a minute. It's something about the more. way the light comes in. Right. It's something about all the of grain. Like, so yeah, nice. the grain, yeah. the shading. Like you can't get that. Again, you can edit. Yeah, sure. But, you know, it, it doesn't give you that same vibe. And when I look through, you know, some of your, your images, you know, you can, you really sense that. Like it's... It's just, yeah, it's yeah. Well, yeah. and you're just getting it right then in the moment. It's there. It's on the film. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I know you can do stuff in the dark room and whatnot, but like, so many of these shots come back, and you're like, oh, I would have had to like mess around in Lightroom for like 40 minutes to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it feels part. more natural. But I'm with you, Aaron. Like I, my girlfriend made me strongly suggested downloading the Lightroom app on my phone. And before that, I never edited film photos at all. It helps. It, it does. I don't do a ton, but just like yeah, tweaking the bit. highlights, shadows, contrast, exposure, and maybe a little bit of texture. Like just like those like four or five, maybe another setting here or there is like really all you need just to maybe bring something into focus a little bit more, change the coloring a touch exposure bring down the highlights or something like that that's yeah. all you need I never saw like the light of how much like even just adjusting those little things on a film scan can do because um last summer I worked at a film lab over in Albany McGreevy's and I unfortunately could only work there for a month because I was moving um but I told them I didn't edit my film scans and looked at me like I was crazy and they just called me a purist all the time and I'm like okay well people really edit their film and I thought I thought people shoot films so that they don't have to edit or maybe that's just me but it really can improve the scans I'm kind of right there with you like honestly for this show is pretty much the first time that I've ever done any editing on any of my film shots. Yeah, I think like, it's, I mean, Rob Bell will disagree with us because Rob loves editing. Yeah. But I always think of editing as like another chore. Yeah, and it's, it's like, chore. hey, I took this photo. <laughs> like, I don't want to now spend another 45 minutes, 
you know, playing with it. And so you're right. But there are times where you're like, you know what? I just want to drop the exposure just a hair, not like, you know, drastic, or I want to, you know, pop that highlight a little bit because I want people to be able to see, you know, that one detail that I thought was so important in the photo. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of a cool vibe. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, did I just make it worse? (laughs) I can never (laughs) tell. I just made it worse. See, for me, it's hard because when I edit, well, I like shooting at night a lot. Yeah. So when I'm shooting at night and I shoot, you know, mostly digital, I have to like adjust so many different things because if I'm touching the highlight, I have to touch a shadow. Yeah. If I touch it, like it's just crazy. So it's really hard for me because that's a lot of things that you have to mess with. And just like, you know, Paul just said, you touch one thing, you mess up a lot. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, um, actually another, um, behind the glass, um, alumni, um, NRAD. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Also loves to, like, he loves editing. Because he's like, no, what do you mean you don't edit? And I'm like, dude, I don't. Like, I'm just hanging. But he's, like, amazing with his edits. And his edits really, like, he was, we were in this room, he shot something, and I was like, there's no way those photos are going to come out the way I, and he he was like, boom, here it is. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like, what are your settings in Lightroom? Right. Yeah, I posted a just a portrait shot of somebody with, you know, half their face in shadow, and I wanted to kind of bring the, the eye out a little bit. So, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I was doing stuff with masking and whatnot. <laughs> posted the edited version, and he replied to my story and said, like, well, what he said was... <laughs> what he said was what did you do to do this right it was just a normal question but i read it as what did you do to this and his tone like Like, oh damn all right (laughs) narada's cold (laughs) fair enough fair enough he's like just lift the highlights man (laughs) what did you do oh my goodness lift the shadows lift the shadows that's what i mean that's great All right, so I think this is a good stopping point. When we come back, we'll close out with our three uh, September artists. Um, Yeah. Hey, this is Wade Reed with the Level Up Podcast. How do you take your coffee? What's your favorite espresso drink? Do you prefer washed process or natural process coffees? If any of these questions interest you, tune in to the Level Up Podcast presented by Nominate Meals on the Lunchador Podcast Network. We're looking at every link in the coffee supply chain from growing and processing to cafe life and home coffee brewing to find the topics that will enrich and maybe even stretch your experience of coffee. So have a listen, check us out on Instagram and Substack, and as always, enjoy your coffee. All right, we're back to close out our September artists. And yeah, so we're going to go around real quick and we're just going to say where can we find you guys and what you're bringing to the galleries. So we'll start with... Polly, Polly B. B. Yeah, Polly <laughs> B's fine. Yeah, um, I actually run three Instagrams because my original turned into a family one. So if you want to see pics of my family, Paul, Megan, Jude. But Paul Benetti is my main Instagram, um, B-E-I-N-E-T-T-I. And that did turn into a bit of an exercise and cold plunge Instagram. So I have Paul Benetti photo if you're just interested in photos. And in the gallery, I'm going to be um, doing six diptychs, um, vertical, like a photo on top of each other. Um, I couldn't decide, or I couldn't, 
I couldn't settle on kind of one theme uh, as far as subject matter. So the overall theme of my photos is going to be kind of um, almost like a spot the difference or like within the two photos, mm. a similar similar theme in, in some way. And you'll just kind of see one minor or major difference. You know what I mean? It's not like where's Waldo, but um, yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm really excited to display my work for the first time. Perfect. All right, let's go to you, Aaron. Um, in the gallery, I'm going to have some portraits. Um, I think they're all very nostalgic. Um, they're a little bit natural, and I kind of think of it like um, kind of just like talking to my inner child a little bit. They're really playful, um, and I feel like they're very authentic to the people that I photographed. Um, it's also my first show, so I've kind of agonized over selecting them, and I'm still kind of going back and forth, even though the show is in two days. Um, <laughs> I but will tell you that we have had folks on the day of the show, as people are in the gallery, swap out. That will probably so don't, be me. I mean, don't. It, it's a it's a process, so it we is. all recognize it. Yeah, process. <laughs> but yeah, I'm bringing some portraits, and um, you can find me on Instagram at e r i n e c x. I don't have a website yet, but I am working on it. Perfect. All right, Donald. Uh, I also don't have a website, and this is also my first gallery. Um, this is awesome. So, yeah, this is um, new for me. Um, I've done prints and stuff before. Um, like, I got a couple of my own uh, hanging up in my apartment. I've sold or just given away to some of my friends who have asked them because I felt honored. Like, uh, one of my friends, um, Ashley, was like, yeah, I really like this photo. Could I get by a – or can I get, uh, I think, a 12 by 16 or something – I was just like, what? Really? Yeah, of course. Of course. So I, I just gave it to her. But um, yeah, so honored to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Donald.Martell, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-A-R-T-E-L-L. Um, yeah. I mean, if you fell behind the glass, I've probably been posted like yeah. five, six times now. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just thankful to be a part of this there's yeah. so many great yeah. artists like Absolutely. knowing i didn't like uh this month slash last month like i didn't know mike at all obviously everyone knows he he is the delirious i was i yeah. was like 99 percent sure but like um martin and nick i know really well we've been friends um for years now uh so just to see them and to follow them up was just so cool yeah and to see a different side of what they do too oh, in yeah. the gallery, which is really mm -hmm. special to see mm -hmm. them doing something that's not what you typically see from them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the great things about it. You you have people who are so well known and then you'll see a different side of what they do right. yeah. in the space, which is really cool. Nick is like an extremely creative person between first off he's in like a um independent movie that just came yeah, out we plugged that blue movie. hour like, have it, yeah blue hour i saved so it cool. and Crazy I, movie. i've been meaning to amazon um <laughs> to to watch it i have it saved but then like he you know does uh the plates like where we met yep um he is he still the curator at uh eastman he is no he's what rit now no he is okay no, yeah, yeah. Well, the last time i talked to him he said he was he was basically on his way out um but then Martin, like, was a recording artist for so long, and I'm sure he'll get back to it. But now he's 
just mm-hmm. a tortured documentarian. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, a nice way to put it. Tortured seems like the right word. I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, the gallery is, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but you know, to hear the three of you say this is the, the first time you know, your work has been in a gallery space, like that's yeah. the gallery, right? And there are folks that, yeah, they've, they've been displayed other times or maybe it's been a while since their work has been displayed, but really the gallery is about, you know, folks just bringing the bringing their vibe into the space and and sharing um sharing their work really and you know that torture of and Richard and I know it well you know trying to figure out like which photos am I going to choose um and it's not it's not a fun task and you're given you know six slots (laughs) and what you do with those six slots is up to you so I love you know the idea of the um um, not where's Waldo, but similar yeah, kind the, of vibe. The, yeah, the two in each. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I do I have, sh- I got fourteen printed, so yeah. I still got a. See, I love it. This is what I love about the gallery. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I got some decisions to make. I I'm so honored to be a part of this. Um, when Richard asked me, I was like, uh, I don't know, I was like floored. Yeah, because I I knew the artists that were in there last month, and they they're all well-established artists in the Rochester scene. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm just a guy that takes pictures in my free time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, but no, I'm, I'm really excited how it's shaping up and I'm so excited to be like, we're all first time, you know, gallery. Awesome. Yeah. People. Yeah. And I think more times than not, it's mm-hmm. a first time, you know, yeah. like Rudy, it was his first time in a gallery space. Wow. Um, you know, uh, Narada had been in some other spaces, but that was like his first time, mm-hmm. you know, so Rob Bell, uh, Beth, mm-hmm. like first so time. many folks first, first, first time, time or they've changed their, you know, lane a little bit with yep. Nick or, uh, what Martin did and Roberto. And, first yeah, time. Robert, yeah. Like yeah. Roberto first time. Like wow. these are people that, that was know, the idea folks behind had, this whole gallery. Folks had, you know, a, very strong, you know, presence. And, you know, uh, Aaron had mentioned early on there, this, like the idea of gatekeeping and mm-hmm. like the gallery is the exact opposite of mm-hmm. gatekeeping in any way. Like, you know, if you are, you know, a professional photographer and, you know, we dig the vibe and you're in the space, that's cool. But Hey, if this is like, I just shoot on the weekends or, mm-hmm. you know, I shoot from, you know, five to 7am and that's it you know, on Friday afternoons or Friday mornings, that's a time in the morning. But you know what I mean? Like it's whatever you do, like there's no, Hey, can we see your, you know, where's your website? Uh, Okay. What's your, um, you know, give me a couple of references. Like it's, you know, we trust the, you know, and Richard does an amazing job at curating that talent every single month. I think that the thing is, is that, you know, when, I'm looking and I'm seeing people and I see the joy that they bring and I see that uh, not only that, but the community that the, that they involve themselves around, that's what makes me draw myself to them. And I'm like, well, you know what? They need to be in the gallery. They need to be downtown and more people need to see them. And sometimes so, take a little yeah. convincing, but you get them there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the conversations I, wanted, I have with yeah. them, like, I almost hey, want to do. The what? Why? You know, when when you Paul know? has mentioned that, like, you know, saying something to someone and to get a reaction, like, I almost want to be there right. in the room when uh, Richard says, "Hey, I want you to be in the gallery and see what they actually." Yeah. Wasn't it Rudy? Like Rudy was in the gallery looking yeah. at something, and um, Richard leaned over and was like, "Your next month, Are you ready?" And he thought he was joking. And he yeah. was like, no, seriously, yeah. you're next month. <laughs> and you could just see in his, like, what am I going to put on this wall? Like, like, what right am right I going to do? And 
and it was just a funny yeah. thing to to watch. I was uh, yeah. getting ready to. I was picking up coffee at uh, Ugly Duck, and I said, "Paul, you ready to go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how we're ready is. for next month? Let's yeah. go!" And he said, "What? Are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah I love it." I'm like, Let's gotta go. say yes, gotta say yes. Yeah. So we're um, looking at forward to having these folks in the space and. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a great month. So I, I really, and you guys, uh, you know, you talk about the people that you're, you know, you, you guys are um, are uh, coming after. You know, you guys are the new month, fresh start, clean slate. So you guys are going to bring it and you're going to um, come out with uh, some great stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. Chris? Yeah, Chris. Oh, geez. It. Yeah, so I'm going to throw out a quick <laughs> series of plugs. Uh, you know, having everybody record in the studio has gotten me so inspired to uh, do a whole new suite of interviews on the Food About Town podcast. I uh, had some amazing people on recently at uh, Yoonjir Young from Seasons Noodle. Uh, we just interviewed with Public Provisions. I've got Polly Guglielmo coming. We've got five others in the works that are just uh, just straight bangers all the way through. Really excited about that. I feel like um, I needed to throw like an air horn in there or something. He's <laughs> <laughs> like straight oh, bangers. I had, I had an air horn at, but I don't um, know. Yeah, no, it's great to have uh, Behind the Glass as part of the Lunchador Podcast Network. Stay tuned for some official launch information on that coming in September, October. And uh, if you're interested in supporting other great small producers here in Rochester, I hope you check out Nominate Meals. Uh, Nominate Meals works with small minority owned restaurants around Rochester. You order a meal for two for your $40, pick it up at one of our fabulous locations, Three Heads Brewing, Fetty Beer That's in the neighborhood of Play, and Black Button Distilling over on University Ave. One time each month each. We got one in Buffalo, too. You get to support the places that make Rochester, Rochester, without doing any of the work. Go to nominatemeals.com and join the nomination. He does it so well, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can never do it. I guess so. Oh, so well. One take, one take. So what? One take. <laughs> That's the one thing I never have to edit. Just him yeah, doing his just thing. Just going. Tight. If you need a disclaimer guy, let me know. Yeah, for real. For real. You know, you know what? Remember Solutions the micro machine guy? You should do that. You know, oh, the real that. fast one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it awesome. Do not. That's that's before it's a lot of investors. Like right. 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 Disclaimer guy. There it is. Um, I appreciate you guys listening and subscribing. Please, um, again, um, once you see that link for our GoFundMe for our uh, January uh, reception for those artists, please uh, share it. And if you can donate, uh, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening. And as always, uh, we'll see you guys at the gallery. Peace. Bye. This has see been ya. a presentation Bye. of the Lunchable Podcast Network. Hey. 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 Hey.